Welcome to The Truth In Us Heart. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening. Continue to share, subscribe, and let the fine folks know about these candid conversations for arts and culture. We're your, we're your source for that. Today, I am thrilled to be in conversation with my next guest, the uh, Senior Advisor of Art and Culture for the City of Baltimore. Please welcome Tanya R. Miller-Hall. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for making the time. Um, I, I it, as I look at you, I recognize that I think we've been in a few different things at the same time. I was like, you look familiar. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's always a treat to really be able to connect like a face that's in the scene to who they are in real life and get a little bit more of their story. So um, as we you know start off, I want to delve into sort of the the introductory thing. Um, could you provide some some insight on your background and what was it like growing up in Baltimore? So again, I am Tanya Miller Hall. I used to Hall professionally. I did get married three, four years ago. So I like to give my husband some credit. Um, <laughs> I am the senior uh, senior advisor for art and culture for the mayor's office. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in Baltimore. I am a Baltimore native, native daughter of Baltimore. Um, growing up here, it kind of was uneventful to, you know, I was sort of, one of those kids, I always had my eye on New York. Uh, true story, I told this story recently. I used to look at the signs. I was deeply influenced by TV and things that, and films that took place in New York. So I often, as an only child, would often daydream about New York. And certainly on 95, you see the sign that says New York. And I would just go, how far is New York? How, how long will it take me to get to my people? So I think I... Um, I bided my time. Childhood, you know, especially through middle school and high school, was really about um, getting out of Baltimore and moving to New York. Um, admittedly, I have to admit that. Because <laughs> now I find, like, conversely now, I meet so many artists and creatives, and they are really deeply committed to Baltimore in a way that didn't cry out to me when I was growing, in growing up in Baltimore. So in some ways it's changed quite a bit. Yeah. There's a space for being sort of the odd kid or the outlier. Um, so in that way, right on to Baltimore for really sort of creating that space for those kids uh, that felt a little bit out of place in, in high school or whatever. Thank you. Um, yeah, having having our eyes on uh, on New York. Uh, that's. <laughs> I mean, literally had my eyes on New York. Like that, that was like I was totally any television show, any film. I was just completely fascinated by how busy the street was, how crowded it was. Like I was just not at all fearful or fretful <laughs> about moving to New York. <laughs> It's the, the closest I've gotten to that. My, my partner's from Brooklyn and just like, yeah, this is what it was in the 80s. I was like, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> yeah. I, and that's where I lived in New York. I lived in, in Brooklyn for the, probably the last 20, 20 or so years um, in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Shout out to Fort Greene. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an area. She's like, yeah, Park yeah. Slope represent. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, Park Slope. Yeah. I don't think there's any rap rap lyrics to Park Slope, but Fort Greene for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's funny. Um, 
so you know, I, I read about. I want to talk a little bit more about New York. Um, so read about you know you building a formidable career in fashion, social justice, uh, lifestyle, and within lifestyle brand um, industries as well, and working with some of the most valuable companies, some of the bigger companies that are around. Could you share some of those like formative experiences you've had during that time? Yeah, I mean, again, I moved to New York with all the ambition in my heart, and so it was like can't fail, not failing when I get here. I mean, certainly I grinded it out. I mean, there was some early years, I bartended, waited tables. I moved to New York, aspirations to be a model until I saw, you know, supermodels. And I was like, okay, maybe not. Um, but certainly um, stayed in the space. Fashion was always sort of a, a space that I wanted to be in. Um, and just, you know, I. I think that really would define because yes, I landed. I you know worked at New York Fashion Week at IMG, one of the biggest um, companies in, in worldwide. Now it's called WMA William Morris Agency uh, that merged with IMG and Viacom and Gaiman's Health Crisis and various agencies, brand agencies, and so certainly uh, they all sort of one experience led to a next to the other, I should say, and. Certainly when you live in New York and you're in that space, you just, I was, I've always raised my hand to just about anything. So, hey, we need somebody, a publicist to do X, Y, and Z. I was like, okay, I can do it. And then, and this was before Google. And then I'm like, okay, how do you write a press release? <laughs> so, um, but so I, you know, there was not, while I had all the ambition in the world to move to New York, I did not have a scope or a clear path to what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to be in entertainment. I knew I wanted to work in fashion. Um, and I just knew I wanted to live in New York. And so a lot of this was trial and error and also um, doing good work, right? So if you show up and you do your work, then you get references. I, one of my bigger breaks, I should say, I had a chance meeting and now it's sort of very relevant and meeting with I would say one of the architects of hip hop, his name was uh, Ralph McDaniels, is Ralph McDaniels, uh, since hip hop is sort of having its 50 year anniversary. And I had a chance meeting of meeting him in Vegas and a convention, a fashion convention, was like hip hop streetwear convention. And he was doing a fashion show and I pitched him to do his event, uh, to be the PR person for his event. And so that just led, you know, Carl Kanai was there and Cynthia Rohn and all of the, you know, folks, the those were the architects of hip hop then, um, you know, Keep Clean Scale, Vibe Magazine and Source and all of that bit. And so sort of being in that space and sort of being, um, I feel like sophomore year of high, you know, soft, like my sophomore year of New York and sort of being in that environment um, and really taking a chance and really being able to be fearless in your pursuit um, is really how I crafted my career. I can't, you know, if somebody asked me, how did you become, I'm like, you just roll up your sleeves. I mean, but that's a different, um, this is a different personality type yeah. um, to sort of be uh, fearless in pursuit. Thank you. That's um. See, it's funny. You, you would you don't even have this question. You've answered one of my rapid fire questions, but you don't even have yet. So shout out to you. I'm gonna have to add a new one. <laughs> but yeah, it's um. You know, and and I love that because 
you know, I've learned in doing all of these interviews and just kind of riding this wave of like ambition and like, this is what my vision is and this is how, where I'm going to see it going. And you have some of those conversations and you see people who put out really prolific work or people who have a really strong network. You're like, how do you get it? And it's like, I'm around and I'm doing good work. Yeah. I'm doing the effort. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's certainly it's yet yeah, again, I think it's just a personality type. And, you know, as Oprah like to say, uh, where preparation and opportunity meets, you know, and so certainly I've missed opportunities. I can't say it's all been pie in the sky, but certainly there were places, you know, at the right opportunities. And and I often tell younger folks, don't be afraid to walk across the room and just flat out introduce yourself. And sometimes you just got to go for it. Go for the ask. Yeah. Um, all they can say is no. <laughs> and, I, and I've and I've learned that a lot of times no's are like not quite right now. You know, yeah. that's, that's the yeah. thing that I've had to, to look at, you know, and doing this and, uh, you know, booking interviews and things of that nature because I'm doing all of the stuff. And oh, yeah. like, can't do it now, bro. I'm like, uh, I don't want that to feel like a no because I really want this interview. But ultimately, it does come back. And yeah, um, I, I use I I'm pretty much speaking the same language. I'll I'll use like I don't know what I'm doing, so I have a little ignorance with it. Yeah, I'm gonna reach out, and I'm yeah. the biggest people just I can thank you for reaching out. And suddenly we have an interview and suddenly it's like, here's my number. If you're ever in New York, if you're ever in New Orleans, pull up. Like, yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, you have to really I mean, people use the word your authentic self. But I mean, there is there is an art in that because not everyone can sort of present their authentic self. They you know, there's a lot of imposters mm. uh, and certainly in the city like New York, where there is, you know, uh, a lot of fake it till you make it <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, there's not many things, you know, I wasn't a legacy kid. I didn't, you know, I went to art school. I didn't have, you know, I wasn't a sorority person. So I had to kind of rest on my own merit. And so I'm here for all of that. Thank you. So, you know, you know, that the time in New York and coming back. So let's let's talk about coming back to Baltimore a little bit. What was that like as far as far as the decision making of like I'm leaving New York and I'm going back to Baltimore? And, um, you know, and, and how do you see like, I guess, upon returning, how did you see like Baltimore's arts and cultural like scene that sector compared to being in New York for the you know past two decades for the most part? So I should say I'm back in Baltimore because, of course, my now husband, uh, who was then my boyfriend, um, after dating for six years, I was like, OK, I'll come back to Baltimore. But um, so that's how I got into my love for podcasts, because I up and down 95 through the turnpike. I listened to a lot of podcasts driving back and forth. Uh, so that said, um, that's how I landed back in Baltimore. Um, and I'm sorry, what was the second part of that question? Um, upon, um, and during that time and in, in being in New York, like coming back and, you know, looking at it from an arts and culture lens, how, how are you seeing it compared to being in New York for all that time? Yeah. So I think a little bit we talked about, I mean, it's a different place than I grew up. Right. And so uh, there is a new class of creative. I think Baltimore has always had um, a robust creative culture on whatever side you set on, there was always some underground punk thing, which is a tell. I'm a kid of late 80s, and so punk was really my jam. 
Um, but there was always some of that happening. There was always an art scene. Um, but I think that it's more robust now. And then I think that they, uh, this, this sort of generation are more clustered. They're, you know, they're like together, they're vibing together, they're collaborating together. And so I see that and some of the, you know, like I said, these new generations of creators that I'm meeting um, at every level, whether it's sort of at a grassroots level or mid-size or even at the higher institutions, they really are focused on uh, moving forward the creative economy. And so, um, which is great, you know, which is fantastic, which is, you know, what's going to inform this new role here at the mayor's office. And so while, you know, few cities are New York with 8 million people um, and the city decides, and I think there's just room for more. I see in the city just opportunity everywhere. And that's the great thing about living in other cities and coming back and having other experiences that you're able to um, implement those, those things that work from other cities. Yeah. Um, here and so for and so in some ways it's like a a new a new shiny toy uh, a new shiny thing to just kind of get busy with. Love that. I um I was in New Orleans back in January and you know just hadn't been down there since like 2019 and going down there and doing like i said i started this podcast in 2019 so i have all of those conversations and going down there looking at things from a different perspective and i'm just pull out the notepad taking down like we need to do this in this place in baltimore still in this idea still in that and yeah. applying it to what fits maybe culturally you know there are different parts of the world there are different places um things go over differently maybe instead of a jazz jukebox is uh you know club music i don't know but yeah. you know having sort of that that thing that makes sense and i think also you know i mean baltimore at its core i mean it's still a very it, it still operates as a blue collar town mm -hmm. um and so in some ways you know it's like talking to your grumpy uncle at the cookout who says why do we have to change you know why do we have to have a new menu this year for the cookout and you're like dude can we just try something new and so in some ways baltimore has a little bit of that uh in its in its dna but then i will say sometimes um people don't know that they need this thing you know <laughs> you can't crave something that you never tasted but then you go like oh my god i need that Rocky Road, something or another, once you have a bite of it. And so I think sometimes you just have to um, forge ahead. Yeah. Change and development is scary for a lot of people, but sometimes forging ahead um, makes all the difference. I tell you, you know, just a short story. I um, And some of the work I was doing um, coming from uh, Baltimore Office of Promotion of the Arts, and I had some conversations with the former mayor, uh, President Schmoke, yeah. and I was sharing ideas. Um, and he was like, you know, keep at it. He said, because I remember a time when people lost their minds when we tore down Memorial Stadium to build the MT Stadium. He said, imagine the Ravens playing any other place but MT Stadium. And so he's like, just, you know, 
stay keep at it. So that's like a, a a prime example of sort of you know people not really knowing what was good for them, and now you know people love the Ravens. You know, this is a football town, so. I think that's, you know, a, a keen example of just kind of sometimes people don't realize that they need a little secret sauce. No, I hear you. I hear you. That's, that's great. That's a, that's a great example. And um, yeah, I mean, I think eventually we all kind of shift to what that sort of this is the this is the next thing. This is the direction that we're going and we have to um, stay true to what that vision might be, you know, yeah. so. So with that, this is a loose segue. So tell, tell us about your role currently, um, Senior Advisor of Art and Culture for the City of Baltimore. What are your key responsibilities and what is your vision segue, see? Ooh. <laughs> so yes, I am two months into this role. So we got it sort of easy. The vision is coming together um, intentionally. I'm gonna, you know, I've had some really robust uh, conversations with folks that were on the mayor's art and uh, art and culture transition team. Um, there was a transition report put forth to this administration to really talk about some of the concerns and gaps um, sort of bringing forth art and culture. So really identifying those and sort of working through that. And so the vision really is to really, I mean, there's a robust uh, vision. I'm super, you know, like pie in the sky, but I really want to be, I think the uniqueness of this role is really an opportunity to think of the creative community as a special interest group. Yeah. And so being in the room when we're talking about housing or new development or healthcare issues or any of those things that may not have a creative voice in the space um, and to think about not that, you know, creatives are a special class, but we are a special class. And so, um, but that they a lens for, you know, so if there's a development project, are we thinking about infusing the space with local artists work or uh, mural projects, or could you adapt some of this space into artist studio space or dance spaces or whatever. And so really um, being at this level gives me access yeah. to have those conversations with whether it's DOT or planning or, um, you know, reg, you know, somebody at Rec and Parks and thinking about um, how do you transform spaces to adapt to creative placemaking or art places. And so really um really being an advocate for the arts at that level and really being able to have those those um intentional conversations and then you know as we build out the area you know there are other things that folks you know public art projects um certainly building out an advisory board uh baltimore arts day there are plenty of things that um, that are on the table. And so we are really, um, I'm spending a lot of time, and I'm also spend, spending a lot of time talking to other cities yeah. uh, around the country, Boston, Philadelphia. Uh, I talked to a woman from Portland today, what's happening there and what's to that same point, because now that I work for the government, I can't just, I don't have an expense account. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> luckily, luckily, um, you know, we have these kind of, you know, virtual has become, you know, a main mainstay. And so it's easier to have these kind of conversations with other cities. What's to your same point, what's working for you? What's not working? How did you put your uh, advisors together? How did you build capacity? How did you build your team? And so I'm really, uh, we are really taking our time to build out this role, but I'm really excited about the opportunity. Sounds sounds great. And I, I think just, you know, coming in and having sort of a vision, having an, an idea and building from there, it's always a good starting point because, you know, you, you want to have like what moves us into the future, as you were describing earlier, uh, as far as the stadiums go and, and things of that sort, um, that comparison, while I think at the same time, maintaining what makes us us, what makes us like unique here, because, you know, we could be D.C., we'd be a, we'd be a copy of D.C. and we don't want to do that, but maybe talking with them and feeling through like, what are you guys doing creatively? What's worked here? Maybe we can take from that and build that out because some of the things that that people are looking for and it feels like it enriches a community, they're, they're very similar. And I think they, like generally speaking, I think they're very similar. And, you know, a community, they, there are certain things that people like. People want to feel safe. People want to feel heard, things of that nature. And that's something that's unifying. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I mean, that's a great reminder. I mean, because Baltimore is also a city of neighborhoods and these small pockets of community. And so um, also doing some of that work and meeting with various community organizations and things like that, like, because you you certainly, I'm sort of now contradicting myself, but you certainly don't want to force feed an idea, but um, also bringing them to the table and having feed in, feedback and some buy-in um, is help, helpful as well when you start to make these decisions. What I'm learning is Baltimore is a very opinionated city. And and I feel like, did I miss that when I was in New York? But I mean, with 8 million people, I'm sure there was a, a cluster group that was doing this. <laughs> but you're just kind of like, it's so vast and so many subcultures within a culture that it's you know it's just a lot of things coming at you once in in new york so here uh you can be a lot more intentional and i should say you know i you know as a native daughter of baltimore and all those sort of opening up that i had my eyes and sort of looking at new york for for inspiration i'm i'm so pleased that i was welcomed back in uh, in some very important roles here, um, you know, and not you know at some point I was like I'm not a carpet beggar. I actually grew up in in Baltimore, and so I'm just excited that you know that I've been giving these opportunities and the trust not only from the community but from the administration to really um, take a bite and to really sort of go for some really interesting programmatic um, con, you know, programmatic ideas and really things that you, that the city can be, that can wrap their arms around. I dig that. And um, I, I definitely relate to that. I've never left, right? You know, Lafayette projects, Morgan State University, City College, all of the things, right? And 
people listen to the podcast. It's like, you're not from here. I was like, I am. I assure you I am. Right. And, and, and part of it goes to like one of the things that, you know, I came to in, in starting this um, that, you know, I felt like some people didn't have, and this is where that New York comparison comes in, didn't have sort of that, that energy of, you don't come here talking about Baltimore like a New York, you can't go to New York and start talking all of this. It's going to slap you. And it's like, you know, having that, that sort of pride, that's the thing that, that I like. And I think it starts around like leadership. It starts around with like people doing things and, and having these sort of considerations that have what the culture is at the forefront and then being able to push it to that next, next spot, which I'm hearing from you. So that sounds, sounds great. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, this city, is you know like one of the oldest cities in the nation right and so the city it should have its renaissance it should have its you know the mayor talks about the renaissance of baltimore and i do believe that there you know collectively i i mean for me to your point you know there are people like yeah they ride for you know bronx or harlem or brooklyn uh, and it's very borough centric. It's not necessarily, Manhattan, you know, New York as a whole. Um, but in Baltimore, people are just like fanatical about the city and the city that they love. And so I just want to put in some good work and do my time. And so certainly, you know, that was what part of my pitch when I came back to the city, when I had a, a meeting with the former mayor is that, you know, native daughter, I just want to come back and use my superpowers for good now. <laughs> and do good work. So I hear you. Um, so I got I got one more real question because I want to be very mindful of the time and I appreciate the time and I definitely got to get those rapid fire questions over to you. So I'm going to kind of combine this one. Um, so, you know, read that you have a penchant for launching groundbreaking authentic storytelling through Charm TV. And, um, you know, and much of your your television work provides like an authentic perspective on the faces and the places of Baltimore. So what what do you think makes for like really true, good, robust, authentic storytelling? Great characters. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, you can't tell a story without a really essential character. Right. And so. Um, and it could be, you know, part of that, you know, I love, um, goodness, I'm totally losing, um, but like these short form micro content pieces, sure. you know, those one minute documentaries, they're so poignant and so intentional. And so I think finding, you know, as you as an interviewer and a podcaster, is really finding interesting stories, people who look interesting, tell interesting stories. Um, and that that's really the uniqueness. But I do think that Baltimore, just from a culture, whether you're in West Baltimore, East Baltimore, downtown, and these little pockets, there's so many interesting nuances because there are people I was watching something other than she was like, I'm like five generations Baltimorean. I'm like, what? So, but that's that's the uniqueness of the city. And people are, in a way that New York is not, people are really reachable. <laughs> like they you can actually just get in touch with someone. It is definitely two two degrees of separation here. And so some of the work that we did when I you know at Trump TV was discover Baltimore 
and really using that as a platform to discover Baltimore and thinking about that content in a way that not just for Baltimoreans, but people outside of Baltimore to learn about Baltimore. And that's really who the audience was for some of that content was that people in Seattle or Detroit or whatever could take a, get a, a real glimpse of what Baltimore was up to. Thank you. That's, that's, that's a great answer. And I definitely relate to it in, in doing this and those considerations that I make and who I have on. And it's like, Hey, you know, I, you know, as I was saying before we got started, it's like, you know, 60 plus percent, you know, is listening that's in Maryland, but the other 30 plus is outside. So, you know, Hey, come on over, listen to this, you know, you'll, you'll learn something or what have you. And there's a definitely travel documentary destination component to it. And really, showing what's really happening in the place, not just the tourist place yet. You can go to the Inner Harbor, enjoy. It's fun. Enjoy that. But also go and see all of this other great stuff that's here in Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, those are the heartbeats of any city, right? And so even when I travel or, and I've dodgy moments, but, you know, I'm always off the beaten path. I mean, sometimes that's not advised, but, you know, if you're going to go to a, to a country or a town, I don't want to go just to where the tourists are. I want to see, I want to feel the heartbeat of the city and have some authentic taste or some authentic flavor. And so that's really what I'm always after. And so that's, you know, will inform how you build content, like who's your audience yeah. and gear it, gear it to that. So, Again, this is a that's that's a segue to this this rapid fire question. This first one I got for you. So if you're ready for the rapid fire, oh. can we talk about the, the Addy though? Please, please let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about the Gold Addy, please. The best piece of content though. I'm like, I don't know if you've seen the the promotional trailer that we did for Artscape. Yes. What is art, right? What is art? Yes. I mean, and it's not about the award, but I just want because I know, like, I this is like a. A, such a great piece of content and it really is a love letter to Baltimore and it really does speak to the creative the vastness of the creative community from tap dancing to trumpet playing to visual art to muralist it's just a beautiful and then Andre the Shields who is a legend who I'm obsessed with um I mean he just he was he was just like the cherry on top and getting him to say yes while he was on Broadway uh, and a death of the salesman. And luckily the theaters were dark. We like literally put that together in less than three weeks. Wow. And, and I you know, had a chance meeting with the shields, Andre um, a couple, like three years ago when he won his Tony and we hit it off because I brought him to Baltimore to give him key to the city because he's a native son. Um, he still talks about Division Street where he grew up uh, in Sandtown and and kept in touch with him. I was like, can you do this thing for me, please? And he was like, you know, and only the way that he can. He was like, if, you know, if you can get here on Monday, it was like Thursday. <laughs> I was like, I was like, we'll be there. Um, but he's just, he's a treasure, a national treasure. And I really, that's like the shout out to really have him in this, this beautiful piece of content to celebrate Baltimore as a love letter. Um, and then to win three Addies on top of that. And so 
uh, yeah, yeah, it's just incredible. And I just have to say that piece. So. Absolutely. And for those who haven't checked it out, make sure I like slot it into the show notes. So I have you get get that extra like those extra hits that extra the extra SEO. Yes. <laughs> what, is <art? laughs> what is art? And, you know, just like you said, Love Letter featuring a cast of Baltimore creatives and various disciplines and practices. And, you know, I think, you know, that's important when you know, folks think of a place like if you go to New Orleans for sake of argument, you don't think of jazz musicians, but then they have like a lot of visual artists and so on. But mm-hmm. being in the show and highlight, you know, here various artists of various disciplines and showing them kind of doing what they're doing, it's it's important. It's incredible. And the, I should say the filmmaker um, and everything, again, I, you know, not to be too serendipitous, but everything came together in like, so quickly because I was like, I need this thing. Like we're going to announce our escapes coming back, but I need this. I need something. I need, I can't just, we can't just like show up and just make an announcement. And, and I had a chance meeting to, to somebody gave me the filmmaker's name, Clark Vandegrift Griff. And I saw his, his reel. And then I had to convince him to do this thing, to do this amazing thing that was in my head uh, with a limited budget. (laughs) And, uh, and the thing is why I'm telling this part of the story is because he was not familiar with any of the artists Mm -hmm. and each time. And like, I, like in two days, we, we, we shot those that most of that stuff. And each time something happened, he was like, holy smokes, like goose pimples, you know, and that piece with Easy Jackson and his bit, Easy just sat down and wrote those lyrics like in 10 minutes and then went in the recording studio and just dropped it. And he's like, whoa, this is wild. And so he was really mesmerized by the amount of talent that he had never even witnessed because he lives outside the city and now he's like what else can we do because he's kind of like blown away and so that's the thing about you know he's a marylander but he didn't live in baltimore city and in the county but he really was like wow like this is amazing and so that's that's what it's all about and creating this short form content is really to 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 get other audience to take take a look at what's happening in the city. Thank you. Thank you for adding that extra extra flourish there because you're you're right. I 100% agree with you. All right, now, now it's time for the rapid fire for us. Okay. So all that goodwill that we've established, you're talking about all the great stuff about Baltimore. Now let's get rid of all of it. All of it's gonna be weird. All right. Um. So you you were touching on um. And don't overthink the question. Don't overthink the question. Okay. Uh, okay. You, you were touching on like like travel a moment ago. And so I'm always curious as to when a person goes to a new like place, let's say a place you've never been, what have you, you know, after you've checked in, after you're settled and all of that stuff, what is the first thing that you're doing? Is it going to a coffee shop? Is it figuring out, all right, where's the, I, that's what I do. That's what I'm saying. You know, like wh- where, where's the museums at? What's the first thing that you're doing once you're kind of like settled, you're, you're in your room and all of that good stuff. Oh, well, once I'm settled. Cause I was like, I think I'm going to the bar, but uh, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> you're not talking about the moment I walk in the door. Um, but I do, I think it depends. I mean, city by city, but, but certainly going to check out some art or a museum or a gallery space or 
you know, is there a cool show? But not every city is made up the same, especially if you're traveling abroad or to a small island or a small country, then it's a different scene. But certainly um, really just immersing yourself in the culture. So how can I get to that place first? That's great. Um, this is a short one. What's your favorite color? Most would say black, but I would say red. <laughs> red. See, that, that was a creative answer there because some people was like, yeah, well, let me answer that with this question. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what are you saying to me? I was, I was like, what's your number one color? It's like, well, here's my three. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a simple question. That's, that's yeah, great. I, I, I have an official black uniform um, that I wear in the fall through winter. And then I transform in the spring to color. <laughs> I, I was joking with one of my curator friends about doing that. I was like, man, if I start showing up to like, you know, galleries and stuff, I need to just have like my costume, you know, tiny glasses, big scarf, everything is black. I'm going to do something. If I can get a caftan, right? That's what I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, and this is a true story. When I first uh, started working at City Hall, they were like wondering, I got questions about how many black outfits I actually own. They were like, and why do you wear black all the time? I was like, like, did you guys think I was a witch? Like, what was happening? I was like, it was like really like unsettling that there was like a legit concern. I was like, okay, you're not Dorothy, you're not nauseating. That's great. That's great. You're your little dog too. Uh what is the uh last uh, book you read? So I'm waiting. Oh, my goodness. It's called I have three books and I'm like totally now flipping out because I can't. It's the giver. It's a it's um, I'll think of it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> it's a gift. It's not gift giver. It's something called giver. I'm like totally flaking. Can you ask me the other one? Giver? This, this is this is actually the, the last one. And it kind of <laughs> is funny because of what it is. Uh, what is the last gift you received? <laughs> My husband is a very good gift giver, and I think he bought me a pair of sunglasses. Yes, last, but yeah, we give each other gifts all the time. The go giver, the go giver, yes. It's like you know about putting teams and experiences and that kind of stuff together. It's like an inspirational book, a little story about powerful business ideas. The go giver. That's great. Um, and now you're actually off of the hot seat of these rapid fire <laughs> questions. Um, so as we wrap up here, um, one, I want to thank you for coming on to the podcast and spending some time with me. And uh, two, I want to invite and encourage you to share anything you want in these final moments where they can check you out, where they can check out your work, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Shameless plugs. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I've already shamelessly plugged the what is, what is art trailer. But I would say, you know, you can find me on IG. You can find me on LinkedIn. And certainly just keep your eye out for, you know, what's next out of this office, uh, the Office of Art and Culture at the mayor's office. And certainly if you have some ideas and recommendations, don't send them to me all at once. But you can certainly. <laughs> um, I mean, because that's part of I'm here as an advocate for the for the community and for the artistic community. And so I really take this job seriously. I'm really excited about it. Uh, people are really excited about it. And so I hope that I deliver on on the promise. That's all. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Tanya R. Miller Hall from the city of Baltimore. Senior Advisor, Arts and Culture, for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art and culture in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it. Oh,